This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is the Hemp Present Resistance. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, speaking flower to power for 29 years and found at hempfest.org. I am also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest, also found at hempfest.org. This show is a weekly read for Radio Rebellion, where I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement, and beyond. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hempresent, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hempresent is Tara Simmons, who is an attorney and the director of the Civil Survival Project at the Public Defender Association in Seattle, Washington. Civil Survival Project advances the rights of the formerly incarcerated through organizing, leadership development, legislative advocacy, and direct legal services. Prior to law school, Ms. Simmons was incarcerated related to her own struggles with childhood trauma and substance use disorder. She graduated from Seattle University School of Law in May 2017, magna cum laude, with the Dean's Medal and the Graduating Student Award, but was initially denied the right to take the bar exam because of her own criminal history. It was national news when the Washington State Supreme Court ruled unanimously in her favor, allowing her to take the bar exam and become a member of the Washington State Bar Association. Ms. Simmons has been appointed by Governor Inslee to both the statewide reentry council and the Public Defense Advisory Board. She currently serves on the Legal Services Corporation Opioid Task Force, the Washington State Criminal Sentencing Task Force, and on the Board of Directors for the Economic Opportunity Institute and the National Council of Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls. Tara is a 2018 Just Leadership USA Fellow and was recently honored as the WACDL Champion of Justice. She has she has received the YWCA Woman of Achievement Award and the U.S. Senator Patty Murray Golden Tennis Shoe. 
She speaks frequently on issues related to access to justice, criminal justice, sentencing, and prison reform. Ms. Simmons is also a candidate for the 23rd Legislative District House of Representatives in Washington State, and she's joining me today to share her amazing story with you. Welcome, Tara, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you so much, Vivian. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's our honor. Your story is just, it's so profound. Uh, before we dive into your current work, you had some early experiences that you had to overcome to get to a place where you are now empowered to do good things. What can you tell us about those formative years and the obstacles that they created for you that you had to, to, to overcome? Yeah, you know, when I think about my life and, uh, you know, where it, it's taken me, um, I'm 42 years old now, so I've, I've had a, a few lives in me, I feel like. Um, but really, you know, and, and definitely the reason why I want to run for office is I think that, you know, adverse childhood experiences and being born into uh, generations of poverty and trauma and uh, having folks who suffer with substance use disorder and incarceration, um, you know, all of that really had a profound impact on my life. And it has taken a lot of years of kind of, uh, you know, therapy and, and learning uh, to let go of a lot of that trauma and learning how to regulate that trauma. So, you know, for me, all of those experiences, um, being homeless as a, a teenager, uh, being in the foster care system, uh, surviving uh, child trafficking, um, being a mom at years old, um, you know, all of those things uh, led me to not know how, to, without access to mental health care, um, led me to using, um, you know, substances and becoming addicted to, um, you know, some pretty heavy drugs. Um, and then that led to prison. Um, and so what I found is that, you know, um, I had to get healthy within myself. Um, but then also, then once you have this criminal record, um, you know, it could be something as small as just a marijuana conviction. Um, but those, you know, lead people to not having hope or opportunity. You're constantly rejected for employment and housing and um, kind of to get back into a place where you can have a real chance at um, providing for yourself. Um, so those are the kind of issues I work on now. Well, your story should serve as, as hope and inspiration for anybody that's facing those kind of challenges because you have really... Uh, you really are doing amazing work today. You are an attorney and the director of the Civil Survival Project at the Public Defender Association in Seattle, Washington. Um, what kind of work does the Civil Survival Project do? Yeah, thanks for asking. We do a lot of different work. Um, we do provide some legal services, um, but a majority of our work is really about building community power of uh, those who have been impacted because we find that when we can share our stories, um, you know, hearts change, minds change, and then policies change. And so we're about organizing across Washington State, building community power of individuals um, who have these lived experiences, and then going to Olympia and sharing our stories with lawmakers and, and pushing for legislative change. Um, so some of our, our biggest wins have been around um, reducing court fines and fees, um, because we know that those uh, become a barrier to, um, you know, vacating your criminal record, um, which is really what we're really fighting for is a real second chance and to uh, expunge or vacate in Washington's called vacate criminal records after a person has, um, you know, done some time in the community without any further offenses so they can really move forward with their lives. 
um, after they have uh, you know addressed the root causes. Um, so a lot of our legislative work has been around kind of barriers to housing, employment, and legal financial obligations and changing laws and policies um, that put up those roadblocks so people can't really have a second chance. Tara, you work with people going through the same kind of uh, experiences that you had. Do you feel that your early experiences, including your incarceration and your fight to become an attorney, have left you with a unique insight into what others in our community might be going through in terms of their own challenges related to trauma and substance use, and that because of your history, you might be better equipped to advocate for people who've had similar life experiences? Absolutely. And, you know, a passion area for mine is leadership development because I am not alone in having uh, the personal and professional experiences um, that make us kind of unique um, to be more effective in advocating for people with similar life experiences. Um, so, you know, while, um, you know, my story has been publicized, you know, nationally, um, there are, you know, hundreds of other, um, you know, individuals, if not thousands, um, who have, you know, done time and um, have these uh, criminal records um, and very similar uh, paths. I see the same themes, you know, around childhood trauma, uh, led to substance use, led to incarceration, um, and then, you know, wanting to um, move forward with their lives and, and have gone on to get, um, you know, either higher education degrees or develop certain skill sets um, that make us really effective advocates. Because when you get down to talk to elected officials, it's really hard for them to hate up close. When you can share your life story with them, it's a lot um, more effective to have them come around to support your policy. And so, you know, having individuals who have both, not just the professional expertise, but also the lived experience um, really does become a more effective recipe for kind of changing the laws and policies that are um, continuously holding people back. Yeah, that really has made you a powerful advocate. Um, how you've leveraged your 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 past uh, into your present. Um, our region, along with many others, is experiencing a shocking degree of homelessness and poverty that must be deeply connected to your work. And of course, you know we're, we're doing this in the middle of this COVID nineteen outbreak, and we have no idea what's coming uh, in those terms. How well are our systems currently working to address the crime and health impacts of our economic and housing crises, in your opinion? Yeah, I don't think they're working well. Um, I, you know, yes, we have a, a real crisis with homelessness. Um, and for example, you know, right now in this COVID-19 world, you know, we are rapidly decarcerating our jails and prisons, which is great because I think there's a lot of people in jails and prisons that don't need to be there. But unfortunately, we're seeing a rise in homelessness and our shelters are already at capacity and have already been strained. Um, and at the bottom of this, you know, I really think that all of it comes down to values in our spending um, and in our revenue creation. Um, and, and so I'll get into this later, but, you know, that's why I am motivated to run for office. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they're working very well together. Um, and what this whole disaster of mass incarceration, the systems that aren't working, leads to more customers. So basically, 
we're going to let you out of prison or jail, but you're going to be released homeless. And we're not going to really invest in you. And we didn't invest in you while you were incarcerated. Um, and so it's like, they're just praying for a miracle that you don't come back. Well, that's not effective. Um, and that's why one in three people will come back to prison within three years. Um, that's not accounting for all of the people that will end up back in jail or, you know, live a life of homelessness or, um, you know, not be able to find a job, but one in three will come back to prison within three years. And, and that means they've committed a, another serious uh, type offense, right? Because a prison sentence is over a year, um, which also does not make us safe, um, which, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times that means that there was another person harmed, another person that maybe had their car stolen or another person that was assaulted. Um, and so if we really care about community safety, then we want to invest in people um, and ensure they're not released homeless. We have about um, less than a minute um, uh, uh, until our first break. Um, very quickly, what role does drug policy specifically play in relation to these issues of homelessness, incarceration, addiction? Um, and we can we can you know also pick this back up after the break. Um, mm -hmm. for, for example, do you do you support supervised injection sites? Yes, I do. Um, I think that um, you know we need to approach our um, drug use as a public health uh, condition um, and that we need to have safety and we, we need to understand that not everybody is going to be abstinent. So I do believe in harm reduction. I believe in decriminalization and I believe in giving people um, services and support and helping, you know, use motivational interviewing so folks will want to um, become safe and reduce harm for themselves and for others. And we have a lot of work to do to change people's kind of emotional knee-jerk uh, perceptions of supervised injection sites uh, because it's a hard sell, at least in our region and I think everywhere. And they've just, you know, historically shown to be very critical uh, and effective. I am speaking mm -hmm. to Tara Simmons and we're going to take our first pause for the cause because there's flaws in the laws. Hear a word and uh, come right back with our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with Tara Simmons. Uh, Tara, we were kind of talking about drug policy um, and what uh, issues, what specifically how it plays in relation to the issues of homelessness, incarceration, and addiction. Is there anything else that you want to add uh, to that question before we move on? No, I mean, I just think that in places where they have truly approached um, drug addiction or substance use um, as a public health condition, um, they have been a lot more effective. Places like Portugal, for example, where they've been able to reduce their prison population and overall costs of, um, you know, the war on drugs has failed. They know that. Um, and people have accessible treatment and drug use has actually gone down and crime has gone down. And so I think we need to look to places where they have changed their mindset and really invested in people and provided accessible treatment options um, and, and, and look to their leadership and follow that uh, in America. You are a candidate for the 23rd Legislative District House of Representatives here uh, in our state. Can you touch on your platform and tell us why you're driven to serve the good people of the 23rd District as state representative? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is my home. I grew up here, graduated high school here. I've raised my my family here. Um, and, you know, I've also struggled a lot. And I know a lot of other people who are struggling or at risk of it. And in my mind, it is really tied to our economy and having, you know, family wage jobs available um, in addition to uh, access to uh, health care and mental health and substance use disorder are, you know, huge passion areas um, for me. And in addition, education and um, really valuing the role of our educators and our teachers, but also giving them the supports they need um, to keep all kids in school and not have to kind of suspend children because of behaviors that they're having um, related to maybe family trauma. Um, you know, I think if we did partnerships and really invested in our kids early on, um, we would avoid criminal legal system involvement later on. We would avoid, um, you know, substance use disorder um, because of untreated mental health problems. And so really wanting to um, do a lot of work on prevention. Um, also, you know, the environment is really important to my community. And so making sure that we have clean air and clean water um, and that we're, you know, supporting our, our native uh, American populations, uh, our, our tribes here um, to continue with their culture and making sure salmon recovery is possible. Um, those are the issues. I want to create a healthy and thriving community um, here in my district. Um, and so we won't need, uh, you know, prisons uh, later on in life. Um, I want to help our kids, you know, avoid kind of the additional trauma I had 
um, uh, you know, fighting uh, through my addiction and through criminal legal system involvement. Um, is, I think that's the best way to, um, you know, spend our dollars uh, instead of building new prisons. <laughs> um, and so that that's why I'm motivated to run. Uh, it's a very personal thing for me. I, I think that my life has a purpose and I had to go through the things I had to go through to gain the insight I have. Um, and, you know, I would be the first formerly incarcerated person in our wash in our state's history um, to serve at the legislature and likely in the nation. We have not been able to identify um, a formerly incarcerated person anywhere in the nation that has um, served at a state legislature or in Congress. And I think it's a missing perspective that needs to be there. So um, our diverse, um, you know, policymaking table in Olympia um, has all, you know, additional information that we need to to really create policy that works for everyone. Tara, there is a rather pervasive public perception, essentially a caricature of anyone incarcerated or struggling with drug use uh, as being a weak, immoral individual that has consciously chosen a life of drugs or crime. What's wrong with that characterization? Well, I would say it's not rooted in science and in data and research and that we know that, um, you know, substance use disorder is a brain disorder and it's treatable. Um, you know, we tend to all have our own kind of bias around all kinds of things. Um, and that's where I think we need to look at science and research and data to, you know, check our, our biases. Um, we could say that about people with, um, you know, diabetes or cancer or lupus or whatever. Um, but I think, you know, it is wrong um, in that I know because I am a person in recovery. I have eight and a half years in recovery now and I'm around, I'm surrounded by amazing, brilliant people who are fighting substance use disorder. Um, a lot of them have been successful in, um, you know, uh, uh, treating that and have gone on to give back to our communities in immeasurable ways. Um, and so I invite people who have that bias um, to definitely, you know, talk to me, talk to other people in recovery and get to know us and get to kind of understand the nature of uh, the disorder um, and, and, you know, ground your beliefs in uh, research and data. As we speak today, Tara, we are currently still in lockdown mode as our nation is met with the challenge of the COVID-19 viral outbreak. Uh, this crisis has to be particularly difficult for those vulnerable members uh, of our community uh, that you work with. If elected, what specific policies or solutions uh, might you advocate to mitigate some of what most certainly will be new and heightened challenges for those struggling under this new reality? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our I think, you know, the silver lining of this COVID-19 um, outbreak has been that our inequities are just so obvious right now. Um, we are seeing the issues around having health care tied to employment. We are seeing, um, you know, that we are really interconnected in our health and that we um, need to have accessible um, and comprehensive healthcare for every uh, person um, because we are only as healthy as our weakest members. And so in my mind, while it is extremely painful to sit here 
and to watch on television and my social media and see some of my dearest friends struggling and losing their small businesses and um, the loss of life, the um, fear that people have around they're not going to be able to pay their rent because they lost their job and unemployment hasn't come through or it's not enough. Um, you know, it is so, so hard to see those things. And the only thing that keeps me going is that I know when we get to the other side, we are going to have so many stories and so much power and so many new um, people that are aware, um, that are paying attention now to the inequities that are just flagrantly in our face at this in this moment, um, that we need to build our safety. Um, and so hopefully I am so encouraged. And again, it's why I want to be there, um, you know, when this is over is because I am encouraged that we are going to finally get to the root of all of this, which is our regressive tax code and invest and, and get the revenue we need to fully invest in a, a security net um, to, to invest in our communities and in our, our weakest members, our most vulnerable members. Yeah, it, it seems like this this crisis has just magnified awareness of some of the glaring holes in in our society um, and, and and beyond, and and I think kind of legitimized some of the platform of Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie mm -hmm. Sanders from my personal mm -hmm. position um, mm -hmm. at at a critical time in our in our nation. Uh, yeah. We got about two minutes left. The, the platform for your candidacy candidacy includes giving a voice to formerly incarcerated people finding solutions to ease recovery and re-entry uh, and end the school-to-prison pipeline. Who or what is standing in the way of those goals, in your opinion, and how do you intend to actualize those goals? Well, I mean, I plan to win my campaign. Um, <laughs> so I guess, um, I guess I have a few opponents that are maybe standing in the way of that, um, but I uh, definitely am working hard uh, you know, to, um, to win the, the campaign. And then I guess, you know, finally being a person who has never been represented. So for example, um, you know, one in three people in our country has a criminal record of some kind. Um, and you know, the issues with collateral consequences of a conviction, um, and how we can prevent it, um, uh, by investing in recovery, how we can um, overcome through investing in reentry and how we can prevent it from, you know, ending the school to prison pipeline to begin with, um, has not really been the priority of a lot of legislators because they don't come from that background. They come from their own backgrounds and they have their own kind of perspectives, right? So I think, you know, both, you know, from my community, finally getting somebody who is in a government that's representing them will also hopefully inspire more people to uh, vote, number one, um, and because sometimes they have felt like, uh, you know, the elected officials are so far away from them and don't really see them. Um, and now they'll know that somebody in government really does see them and and comes from their background. So hopefully we'll get more people to vote. Um, but in my own personal use of my office, you know, it will be about going into the community and um, being accessible, not just to formerly incarcerated people, but that is one area where I've built a nonprofit um, and, and definitely include and know that I'm not the representative for all formerly incarcerated people. So there's formerly incarcerated people that are male, um, that are from different races, different educational backgrounds. So 
you know, I will definitely be seeking out, you know, additional uh, voices and bringing those to the table and using my office as an access point um, to leverage their voices and make sure they're included in policy making. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm speaking to Tara Simmons. We are going to roach it again. Here, a word from our sponsors, advertisers, come back for our final segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, lady marijuana llama, tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong hemperer of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back for our final questions for Tara Simmons. Uh, Tara, is there anything that we have not covered you would like to add while we still have a few minutes left? And how can people support your campaign? Yeah, thanks for asking. You know, I think we've covered a lot. I just want people to know that, um, you know, I'm going to take the honor of the office um, very seriously and be a, try to my best every day to be a good representative for everyone in my community even if they don't necessarily agree with me, um, definitely be an accessible legislator who wants to hear from my constituents um, and really um, gain expertise in you know many um, issues that are important to my community. Um, and yeah, people can support the campaign. We definitely need support. Um, you can look up our website. It's www.electtarasimmons.com. And it's T-A-R-R-A, and Simmons is S-I-M-M-O-N-S. 
Um, so you can read more about um, our platform there, um, get to know me a little bit more. You can join the newsletter. And obviously we do need right now uh, financial support. It's been you know, a difficult time to raise money in the wake of COVID-19. And I know for, for me, I have definitely increased my individual giving to um, you know, meet the legitimate needs of people in the community um, because it's, it's a really hard time. However, I think when we uh, come out of this, we're all going to benefit um, from having somebody um, that really understands uh, the systemic inequities that we're all facing. Um, I also wanna flag that I'm a registered nurse too. And so come to this work um, after being a nurse for 11 years, uh, we'll uh, invest and prioritize public health um, and public health funding. Uh, and I think that's really important. I also, um, in the wake of COVID-19, just got, uh, you know, I was called to go back to service um, because we need healthcare workers. And so I, in middle of March, um, uh, renewed my RN license, uh, got put on the Washington service list, and yesterday um, got my first mission. So I'm going to be deployed um, to the front line for a while, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I won't be able to fundraise as much. So if individuals can give, we would definitely welcome and appreciate any contribution. This is a grassroots campaign. We are not accepting any um, corporate PAC money, no fossil fuel money, um, all of that. Um, and so anything that you can give would be really, really appreciated. Um, also, uh, we are looking for volunteers. We can't um, get out there and knock doors right now, but we are making lots and lots of phone calls every day, uh, checking in with our voters and seeing how they're doing in the wake of coronavirus and offering resources and services um, as much as we can. So if you'd like to join us as a volunteer, we, we would appreciate that as well. Tara Simmons, I just want to say as a person who uh, came from a broken home and had an alcoholic father, struggled with addiction and is in recovery myself, I just want to say that you are such an amazing person. Your story is so inspiring. Uh, thank you so much for being on Hemp Present, and I wish you the best of luck with your campaign and really on, on all your endeavors. Thank you so much, Vivian. I appreciate you too. My pleasure. Now I want to get to a weekly feature from Hemp Present on CannabisRadar.com, and that's the quote of the week, and here it is. I busted a mirror and got seven years bad luck, but my lawyer thinks he can get me five. And that is from the comedian Stephen Wright. That includes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong. Stand tall, take it easy. The Ambrosent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush. Turn up the music, maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.